Welcome to Choir Talks. I'm Greg O'Neill. I'm the worship pastor at Ridgecrest Baptist Church in Madison, Mississippi. Choir Talks is the podcast version of what I say as I share scripture with my choir during a rehearsal. And I have a cold, so I apologize in advance if this audio is not quite up to snuff. I'm reading in Isaiah these days, leading up to Christmas, trying to to catch some of the prophecies about the coming of Jesus. And today I want to look at one of the most famous of those prophecies. It's Isaiah 7, 14, which reads, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. So uh, it's not good when you're reading through the Bible, just to take one scripture out of context and look at it by itself. So we're going to look at the context a little bit. Um, It's an amazing prophecy, just to remind you, Isaiah's writing about 700 years before the coming of Christ, and yet this verse, according to Matthew, who wrote the Gospel of Matthew, uh, this verse is a prophecy predicting uh, something supernatural about the coming of Messiah, about Jesus. And uh, so looking back at the original context when it was written 700 years before Christ, who is the prophet Isaiah talking to and what's going on and what is he talking about? So let's answer those questions from the uh, chapter of Isaiah chapter 7 here. First of all, the prophet is is talking to Ahaz. Um, God has sent him to the king of Judah, who is Ahaz. Now, Ahaz is a is a wicked king. He doesn't follow God. He's been faithless, and now he's in trouble. He's surrounded by two other kingdoms who are ready to go to war with him. They have a plan where they're going to uh, overthrow his kingdom and put in a puppet ruler in his place. And he's fearful of these two kings. So God sends a message to King Ahaz through the prophet Isaiah, and the message says this, it will not take place. It will not happen. God offers this wicked king a sign to show his supernatural power. And he says to, to Ahaz through the prophet Isaiah, he says, ask me anything and I will, I will give that to you as a sign that you will know that I am God and I'm going to do what I tell you. Um, just by the way, what grace the Father shows here to this wicked king, this faithless king who is leading his people against, against the ways of God, and yet God offers grace to not only rescue them, but to give him a show of faith, to build his faith. So Ahaz does not take God up on this offer. In a false humility, uh, he says, I will not put God to the test, but he's really being not humble because a humble person would obey God. Instead, he's disobeying and not asking for a sign. And that's where verse 14 comes in. And I'll read it to you again. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and bear a son, and you will call him, and will call him Emmanuel. All right, so that story and of Ahaz and the kingdoms and the war that is upcoming what does that have to do with Jesus? If you think about the context, now it makes it seem even more separated and remote to the story of Jesus. Um, but just like many other Old Testament prophecies, the prophet looks uh, and through the the uh, vision that God has given him, he sees something um, 
that has a vision that is going to happen, but whatever it is 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 also has an ultimate fulfillment later. Um, it's um, an unusual but awesome way that God works, and that typically in the Old Testament there's maybe a picture um, or theologians say a type or a shadow of something that is more real, even yet to come. Uh, there's lots of uh, examples of this throughout the Old Testament, and I don't want to get lost in giving you those, but that is a very um, normal thing that God does when he speaks through his prophets. So here in this original context, um, there was a, a child born, uh, apparently, and his name was called Emmanuel. If you read the next couple of verses, um, God goes on to promise that he, Emmanuel, will be eating curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. Um, for before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid waste. So there's a very specific prophecy that has to do with the generation there in the next few years of Ahaz. And so uh, I believe that there was a child born um, and that they called him Emmanuel. And that was the sign supernaturally to show the timetable of when those two kings would be set aside and Judah would be protected. What does that have to do with Jesus? Well, that that was just a shadow of the ultimate fulfillment of this prophecy. Um, was the the virgin there? Was this a virgin birth back in 700 BC? I don't think so. Um, the word virgin in Hebrew has a double meaning. It can either mean uh, a young woman who has never been with a man, or it can just mean a young woman of a young age. And uh, so in this case, I think that the latter definition applies, that it was just a young woman. Um, But the ultimate fulfillment of this prophecy, the perfect fulfillment, if you will, was when Mary, as a true virgin, never having known a man, according to Matthew, um, uh, became pregnant and gave birth to Jesus. Um, This child was called Emmanuel. It was a sign to uh, let the people of Israel know that, that God's offer to be with them and be their God. And yet that was only a shadow of a bigger reality that to come, which would be when Jesus came as Emmanuel, God with us. Um, so what did Emmanuel mean with, to Ahaz? Not very much, apparently. This whole sign, uh, didn't he didn't trust in God. He didn't trust in this sign that God gave. So he went to the king of Assyria. Uh, And he made a pact with him that he thought would save his people. He didn't trust the power of God as much as he trusted the king of Assyria. And in the end, the king of Assyria uh, took him over. And it was his undoing. So what does Emmanuel mean for us today and in the time of Jesus? It means that God is with us. And it means that God is with us in this way, that he sent his only son to reveal to us his character and his nature. And so that he would be with us for eternity. John 1 says, the word, referring to Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. There is God with us. There is Emmanuel. And in the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, Jesus ends his times with time with his followers saying this, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
So he became flesh and dwelt among us, God with us, and he is always with us. Romans uh, chapter 8 says, who, should, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So what do we learn from this one verse? I really just want you to ponder that word, Emmanuel, and think about the fact that God is with you. The God that Ahaz refused to trust because he was wicked and faithless. You can trust today and know that he is with you. He accomplishes what he purposes and he is with his people. He is the God of grace and the God of love that reached out because he loved his people in the time of Ahaz. He reaches out to us today in the form of Jesus and brings us salvation and brings us life with him. He reaches out to you in his life in your life right now and he is with you. You are not alone. His power is available to you. His spirit is at work in you. The spirit of Christ is revealing God the Father to you every day and his love is over you. Emmanuel. God with us. Have a great day.